Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I've been planning on talking about this for a while because it is so egregious and sums up the systemic problem with the Western media, how its failure to frame what's actually happening in Gaza, the genocidal onslaught against Gaza by the Israeli state, its failure to actually frame it according to the actual facts has had catastrophic consequences. Now, there are always, and I should say this, courageous exceptions to that. But what I'm talking about here is the failure to link together statements of intent, things which Israeli leaders and officials say, and linking those to the scandalously underreported multiple atrocities on the ground. And I think, well, if this doesn't appall you, what I'm going to go through, then I don't even know what to say. The war crime has been committed by the Israel Defense Forces, which most Palestinians refer to as the Israeli Occupation Forces, are now clearly just too grave and blatant and unapologetic to hide. Well, they have been for quite a long time. IDF soldiers keep posting war crimes gleefully. Why? Because they think they're funny, and more importantly, they think a large audience at home will find these war crimes amusing and thrilling, because both the soldiers and the audiences do not see Palestinians as human beings. But as well as that, after over 36,000 Palestinians have now suffered violent deaths, including over 14,000 children, the evidence of Israeli war crimes is just beyond monumental. So you keep getting a certain type of self-described liberal or centrist commentator, often being genuinely horrified. I'm not belittling their horror when they write what I'm going to go through now. And it goes along these lines. Why is there such a dreadful breakdown in discipline in the Israeli army? Now, I'll give you an example of this. One liberal US commentator, in response to some belated but still woefully insufficient CNN coverage of IDF soldiers posting their grotesque behaviour, tweeted insane that this is happening, that any person would be cruel and sadistic enough to post stuff like this, and that the IDF doesn't enforce tighter control of its soldiers. This makes the whole institution look so dysfunctional. Okay, this is frustrating to say the least, and it shows just how the media has largely completely failed to accurately frame this atrocity according to the stated aims and directions of the Israeli state. What we're seeing isn't a a breakdown of discipline or authority in the IDF, It's soldiers behaving exactly as you would expect them to behave based on the pronouncements of their leaders. On the 10th of October, Israeli Defence Minister Yov Gallant told Israeli troops that he had, and let me quote, released all the restraints. On the 12th of October, the Israeli Defence Minister Yov Gallant then publicly announced he'd removed every restriction on Israeli forces. Now, quite apart from... The, the countless pronouncements by Israeli leaders and officials, many of them overtly genocidal in character, which I've covered at great length before. Why didn't just these two quotes frame the media's entire understanding of Israel's onslaught against Gaza? I mean, it's a bit of a clue, isn't it? The Israeli defence minister telling Israeli soldiers that he had released all the restraints and removed every restriction on them. I'll level with you. I think that's a bit of a clue. If the Russian defence minister had used that kind of language in the days after the invasion of Ukraine, 
Do you think that would have framed our understanding of Russian soldiers' conduct, not least war crimes? Yes or no? In terms of the license they've been given to commit atrocities. What is, what is an Israeli soldier supposed to make of being told they have no restraints or restrictions on them, particularly in the atmosphere after the 7th of October, when the likes of the defence minister was calling the population of Gaza human animals? I think they would legitimately understand that as you can do exactly what you want because nobody's going to stop you and you will suffer no consequences. Now, I did a Google search for the whole of October for those quotes. In the Western media, there is barely a mention of either of them. I found a mention in the Times of Israel, a fleeting mention in an opinion column in the New York Times of one of the quotes, not in the news section though, in Fox News, where you can guess the tone of how they reported it, and buried in an ABC news piece. This should have framed the entire coverage of this onslaught. And indeed, I would know in the ICJ's judgment when they issued provisional measures, they did quote Yov Gallon, one of those particular quotes that I gave to you there, hence underlining its significance. Now, here's a point I'm now going to underline with some horrific recent examples. And what I'm going to say will be deemed outrageous and a disgrace, and many other things, by apologists for the mass murder of Gaza's population. Now, we've been repeatedly told that Israel's armed forces are the most small on earth. Now, that's just so ludicrous and ridiculous and stupid. It's not even worth me engaging it. It's just insulting to everyone's intelligence. But also that by definition, they are morally superior to Hamas. Now, I've always been clear that Hamas committed grave war crimes. That includes those, those killed, those civilians murdered on 7th October, and those kidnapped. That's just war crimes. It's just, that's a fact. What I would say clearly, is that the crimes of the IDF are much, much worse. I'm not just talking about the dynamic of occupier and occupier, uh, sorry, occupied and occupier. The claim that the IDF is morally superior to Hamas, again, not to compliment Hamas, given their own war crimes, that claim is insulting nonsense and itself is drenched in anti-Palestinian racism. Because if Hamas are obscene, given 36 Israeli children who were killed on 7th of October, or 3.5% of the total, and every single child they're killed. That is an outrage. Where does that leave the IDF? Given over 14,000 Palestinian children have now suffered violent deaths. And the period between me putting this video out and you watching it, several Palestinian children who are currently alive, breathing, are going to suffer hideous violent deaths. Now, the obvious response here is, well, Hamas intend to kill civilians and the IDF don't. That is categorically and offensively untrue. Now, I recommend you all Google the Daher Doctrine, D-A-H-I-Y-A. That was what the IDF developed during the 2006 Lebanon War, based on inflicting huge damage against civilian infrastructure and populations in order to try and get them to turn on Hezbollah in that case and Hamas in Gaza. That's terrorism, violence against civilians for political end straightforward terrorism. I'd also recommend reading an article entitled A Mass Assassination Factory, which I've covered extensively, in the Israeli-Palestinian media outlet Plus 972 magazine, based on multiple Israeli intelligence sources, uh, in which those sources say uh, that the permitted numbers of civilian deaths per single military target was increased from dozens to hundreds, including the quote, nothing happens by accident. 
This is a source. When a three-year-old girl is killed in a home in Gaza, it's because someone in the army decided it wasn't a big deal for her to be killed. That was a price, price worth paying in order to hit another target. Now, I'd also know the 70% of Gazan homes severely damaged or destroyed. Farcical to think that level of destruction is a targeted campaign rather than just raining hellfire on the entire Palestinian population. But let's talk about some specific crimes so we can test this Hamas kills civilians deliberately, the IDF does not. Something you, you should already know is a nonsense, not least if you watch my video about the six-year-old uh, little Palestinian girl, Hind Rajab, whose entire family was killed by an Israeli tank in their car as they fled for safety, including three of the children. And one of them had 15-year-old cousin had rung the Palestine Red Crescent, begging for help, and then was killed. You could hear her being killed with uh, by the Israeli army. In that recording, and then this little girl rang the Palestine Red Crescent, desperately scared. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, before an ambulance was sent to rescue her. And then it was blown up by the Israeli army. The paramedics killed before little Hind herself was killed as well. I've covered that at length. Let's quote now from an article in the Los Angeles Times entitled, I'm an American doctor who went to Gaza. What I saw wasn't war. It was annihilation. Now, this US doctor, Irfan Galaria, a plastic and reconstructive surgeon, left his home in Virginia for Gaza in late January. Let me quote him. I stopped keeping track of how many new orphans I had operated on. After surgery, they would be filed somewhere in hospital. I'm unsure of who will take care of them or how they will survive. On one occasion, a handful of children, all about ages five to eight, were carried to the emergency room by their parents. All had single sniper shots to their head. These families were returning to their homes in Khan Yunis, about two and a half miles away from the hospital, after Israeli tanks had withdrawn. But the snipers apparently stayed behind. None of these children survived. Just process that for a minute. Children between the ages of five and eight, on one occasion, all with single sniper shots to the head. So we're not talking about crossfire here, a battle in which some poor civilians were caught up. We're talking about snipers. Their job is to carefully select targets using their, the crosshairs in the barrel of the gun and then shoot them. And indeed, these kids were not shot in the arms or legs. They were all shot, each of them, in one single occasion in the head. So the IDF snipers clearly selected them, seeing who they were, selected their heads with the purpose of killing them. Now let's listen to this segment from Sky News. On the second floor, there's a five-year-old boy who was hit by a grenade. 
a fragment passed through his eye and lodged in his brain. But that's just part of Mumin's story. His brother and sister watched it all. It was lunchtime. We were sitting down. 11-year-old Ahmed Hatab was in the kitchen when Israeli soldiers broke into the family home. They raided our house and they shot our mum and dad. Then they started shooting at us. His sister, Buthena, is nine. We went to another room, hiding from the soldiers. They started banging on the door and then they blew it up. On December 7th, Father Mohammed Hatab called his brother, a doctor, to alert the Red Cross. Their house had been surrounded by Israeli armor. His brother used WhatsApp. He said that the tanks behind the house and excavator destroyed the near house. It's very difficult to move without permission. This is Mohammed's brother, Omar Hatab, a pediatric surgeon at the Gaza European Hospital. My brother called me and he said, talk to anybody to deliver us from there because it's very difficult. The situation was very difficult and shots uh, around the house. So I went to Red Cross and talked with them. Uh, I was very, very worried. Increasingly alarmed, Dr. Omar tried the Red Cross the following day. I called my brother and he said, the tanks around the house can't move at all. It's complicated. Mohammed's son, Mumin, has cerebral palsy. Moving him is difficult, and they wanted to notify the Israelis in advance. On WhatsApp, the Red Cross was reassuring. Their representative said, We've ensured that the houses would not be bombed or destroyed at night and in the future. Their confidence was badly misplaced. Let's just sum the story up, shall we, to be clear. A five-year-old disabled Palestinian boy with his two surviving young siblings. So the IDF stormed their home, shot dead their father, who was waving a white flag. Well, they've done that repeatedly, including Israeli hostages. They then threw a grenade into the kitchen, injuring the mother and this little five-year-old disabled child. They then killed the mother. And they then subjected the survivors to humiliating, clearly, and by definition, hugely traumatic interrogation, before making them leave on foot amidst... A war zone. Now, I keep saying this, I hate having to resort to this what if, but there's no option because of the total dehumanization of the Palestinian people. But if this was 7th of October and these little Palestinians were kids and their families were Israeli civilians and the IDF soldiers here were Hamas militants, that one incident would be very easily described as one of the worst atrocities of that day. And it would be used over and over again to justify the onslaught against Gaza and wiping Hamas off the face of the earth. Let's be real. That's what would have happened, wouldn't it? That would actually become maybe one of the iconic atrocities of that day. But the rampant racism in all of this means that the 36 Israeli children killed on the 7th of October is beyond abominable, something I'd agree with. I think the killing of any child is abominable, to be honest. That over 14,000 Palestinian children being violently slaughtered at best leads to a debate about is this proportionate or not? Well, as I say, there's no excuses, nowhere to hide. They said what they were going to do. They issued their directions and their orders very publicly. They spoke about the Palestinian people in ways which can only be described as genocidal. 
And the failure of the Western media to frame Israel's onslaught against Gaza around the very clear and unashamed public pronouncements of its leaders, who made no effort to disguise their intent, has allowed Israel to get away, well for now, with one of the great crimes of our age. And just again, imagine, this was a state, this was a state hostile to the West. And you had Israeli, sorry, you had the leaders of that state, of a hostile state, speaking in these ways, saying all the restraints had been lifted off their armed forces and these huge atrocities were happening. There wouldn't be a debate. It wouldn't be a discussion. And that alone just sums it up, doesn't it? And it sums up the catastrophic failure of most Western media coverage, which is what has granted Israel the impunity to behave as it wishes on the entirely rational grounds that they think they can get away with anything. Please like and subscribe. Uh, do share this video. Listen to us podcast and speak to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.